in taking on two younger children, we obviously know that that brings on a deal of stress. But what are some of the joys of, you know, raising the two younger ones? Are there some th- areas where you feel like you made a mistake in the past as a father and then you're able to correct it and say, hey, instead of doing it like this, I should have done it this way. And now you have your opportunity to. Right, that's an interesting question. When you're raising kids, one of the things that we realized is you're tasked with raising two people who have their own mind. We had had the experience of raising four before these two. When you watch the first two go up and then, and so one of the things you learn is that, you know, we really can't make anyone do anything. I mean, you can force them to do stuff, but really this is where I I believe uh, the biblical principles come into play. For example, realizing that what we're trying to do is is uh, train their heart and so trying to speak to their heart right instead of their behavior we can watch them do something that you know they shouldn't do and sometimes the thing that they do can drive us to frustration then you have to take a look at yourself right because why am i getting frustrated you know for example something could frustrate me that doesn't frustrate zephyr or something could frustrate us that doesn't frustrate someone else as you look at them and so you start to look at yourself and you realize well why why do i respond this way to this right and um so what some of the things that we learned as we went through those different stages of raising kids was that the most important thing was their heart right speaking to their heart and you know why why are they doing things helping them to think through how they're thinking when they do something and not kind of reacting to the behavior Uh, another thing that we learned was particularly having the parents that I had, you know, we were driven to to go to school, get a good education, strive for doing well in the world. But, you know, after we raised the first few, we realized that because, you know, we would push them to try and go to school and get their education and and do their homework and stuff like that. And it was just a fight (laughs) to get them to do their work, right? And then you watch them, you try to get them to do that. And then maybe they get half decent at it, but then if their character is messed up, that's the worst place to be, right? right? So we realized that the most important thing, more than them getting a good education, was building the character, right? Because the character will take them a lot further. Even if they didn't get, didn't get a good education, somehow they figure it out. You know, they get to 18, 19, and then they, they're out in the world, and they figure out that they, oh, I got I to gotta make a living for myself. So then they figure out how to get a job or to go back to school, or they just figure that out, right? But the hard thing, I think, we realized that the most important, while, while it's good to for them to get an education, you give them you know the best opportunity, the most important thing is their character. And so helping them to understand who they are in, in God's economy, their value is found not in their education or in the things that they have. Their value is found in who they are in Jesus Christ, that God is uh, calling them um, to a crown in heaven. He's calling them to be holy. He's calling them to be like like himself. He created them and he wants them to be like him. That building of their character will bring them closer to him and help them to, you know, as we read through the scriptures, be have good relationships and, and feel comfortable in themselves and, and not be swayed by, you know, all the ups and downs in, that life can have. That was honestly one of the most profound things I've heard about raising children. It's kind of mind-blowing to myself because I think a lot of people from my generation, well, I shouldn't say, I should be careful how I say that. Um, I was still brought up around a time where, you know, you spare the rod, you spare the child. 
So I remember <laughs> in my childhood receiving like a lot of licks, like a lot of beatings. But not to say that my parents still didn't have the, you know, the moments where they would sit me down and like talk to me about stuff. I mean, you did speak on the whole character thing. And I remember as a kid, that's something my dad would always um, drive and reinforce in us. That you need to have like this appetite to have a desire to go out and strive and do the best you can. And I found it interesting that he said to do the best you can because like you can't always be like someone else just not to you know rob yourself of any opportunities that you can have or you can get and I'm just a little like interested in how you notice and see the the progression in a child when you you know train their heart and mind because you know the bible is the book that talks about renewing your mind and your spirit could you elaborate on the difference in a child we all value something and i guess as parents we have we have a part to play in and what our children value so you know if i have a child and they value their education a lot of times what happens is that they get to a place where they they can't separate themselves from that right so if they don't do well in their education then they think poorly of themselves if we tell them that their value is in Christ and you know kind of like what your dad was saying do the best that you can well you'll strive to do the best that you can and and sometimes you may be really talented and maybe gifted right uh, sometimes you may not be as gifted you may just enjoy something but the key thing then is you don't take your value from in that thing right if you if you're able to find your value in Christ and what he's doing in your life then, then it helps you to deal with if you don't do so well in that thing, you're not going to be so down, right? Right. And if you do do extremely well in that thing, then you're not going to be heady uh, and pr proudful, right? So it helps just keep you, uh, keep you kind of stable, right. level-headed. And I think we've seen that in some of our kids. Now, uh, one of the things you mentioned about your dad's banking, I mean, the thing that we found is that sometimes you just can't escape it because as human beings, we just want the we want our way. And depending on the child, some ch some children, they are they're going to push the limit. Right. And they're going to see how far you're going to push the limit. And some kids. Uh, so <laughs> some kids, they're not going to stop unless they get the spanking of the two spankings. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, some kids, you just look at them bad or look at them a certain way and they get it. Right. Right. And that's enough to, to turn them. So as to how much spanking you have to give. But it, it's just this. This teaching children that, you know, they, obedience is an important thing because if you love them, you want them to do well, right? And like our, our father said, you know, he if we know how to give our children good gifts, he's he's not going to give you a stone right. when you need a fish, right? When, you need, when you're hungry. It's no different for us as parents when we love our kids, right? And we want them to, to be the best, to do the best. And so uh, a lot of times our, our correction is along those lines is for them to be the best. But, you know, they got their own minds and they look <laughs> different, right? And so sometimes that's needed. But it's, it's, it's a... It's this process where, uh, so one of the things we found as parents is that this repeating, you just got to keep repeating. And we we can't find our value in our kids. Right. Right. So sometimes if your kids are, are, are not doing well, then all of a sudden you feel bad because they're not doing well. Or if they're doing really well, then you feel, feel good because they're doing really well. Mm. It's the same thing, right? True. Uh, we need to, as parents, we need to find our value in Christ right and just be obedient so in the case where i'm raising a child and i know that maybe they're doing something that is, they shouldn't be doing um then i'm being obedient to the scriptures when i'm telling them hey 
hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. I'm trying to speak to their heart, right? But I also don't want to, I don't, I really don't want them to get the end result of their bad behavior, which mm-hmm. would be really poor. You know, if I'm telling my kid, you know, don't touch the stove, the hot stove, because you're going to get burnt. And they're insistent that they want to do something because they're enamored by it. You know, maybe I'm going to spank their hand before they hit the stove because I, I really don't want them to feel that pain, right? Or to have the scars for the rest of their life because right. they, they did something like that. Who were the, you know, the father figures, the, like the males in your life who really helped you become the man who you are today? You know, really, it was my dad because it was a very strict home <laughs> and uh we really weren't i wasn't really i was the oldest of five and like i mentioned that first 11 years of my life were in england and both my parents worked my dad would work during my day my mom worked in the afternoon and so i had to be home when they transitioned right because i had to take care of the kids and then um when we came to canada it was kind of, it was kind of the same thing so i was always have to be home i wasn't i couldn't go out and be with friends until i um i started to play uh soccer which was the sport that i loved for many many years and I, I did fairly well at it but my dad was really the one that influenced me the most right i, I know i've been asked that question before about you know other men that um kind of influenced me i could think of you know when i played soccer i adored pele and, mm. and i would you know watch any video and read any book about his game that i could so i could learn from it right but yeah i guess that really from a personal experience and dealing with it was really only my dad just because we our family was so close-knit mm-hmm. and i didn't really go outside of that right i mean not that i mean i went to school i had teachers and and the like right and coaches but um i didn't have the the same influence from i'm sure they influenced me in some way but the one that stands out is me my, my dad how do you bring all your insecurities and doubts like in all your words to god when you're just trying to look out for the best for your family when i first got married i'd learned enough to know that i needed to prepare i just did a lot of reading and i talked to as many people as i could about you know how to raise children that weren't your own and when i got into marriage um, i had to deal with it it really threw me for a loop i realized that it was a a bigger task than i had thought um it was really hard and at the time i would you know you ask your friends you know you give them scenarios and say hey how would you deal with this i guess people give you they give you answers that they think works but when you're in it mm-hmm. you can tell when it doesn't work so for example if i might and my wife will forgive me she'd been raising these two boys by herself for a while and so when we got to, when we got married then i was thrust into the father role but it wasn't like they were going to accept what i said <laughs> right because i married her, their mom and which was fine because i'd read all about that but one of the things that threw me for a loop when they would do stuff that would be obviously disrespecting her and it was something beyond what i could accept as first as her husband but also as their father it wasn't good for them to continue in that way you just don't treat people that way but then what would happen would be jump to their defense now she was just doing what she was doing naturally but it was it threw me for a loop because like am i doing something wrong here like (laughs) what's going on so then you're seeking help right like you want to talk to someone who maybe has some experience and when you can't find that it's really hard and i found myself really uh, it was hard it was just hard and i you know you you pray to god and you know you're asking god am i am i doing it wrong like what am i what's going on right God in his grace, I remember, because at the time I was traveling, I was 
do projects where I'd have to be out of town. So I'd be traveling to the States and be away for a week at a time, which was also hard in the family at the time. But uh, I remember one time I was traveling and I was having to sit by a gentleman who, who was a Christian as well. And he had lived the same kind of life that I had lived. He'd gone through it. So he was on the other side of having lived it. And he helped. He just helped to validate that I wasn't crazy. And that helped me. And then, of course, trusting God's word, right? Like, I mean, the whole idea of faith and uh, just trusting what God says and just being true to it, right? regardless of the cost, right? That really helped me to get through that, like to be able to, you know, to love my wife and to and to love the kids, even though I didn't feel that they they really loved me. I mean, their father was still alive. I mean, we were here in Canada, he was in the States. And I understood that, you know, it still doesn't make it any easier, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's still hard to deal with when you're the one taking care of them. Right. And the, the, the other party isn't really contributing at all, but their their allegiance and their love is for him, Not and I'm just in the way kind of a deal, right? Trusting God and his word and those moments is really what, um, what helped me, right, to, to deal with a lot of stuff. And not to say that I, I was perfect by any stretch. I, I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes. In that in the process, but I would say that God is very faithful in that period of time. I'm not sure if that answered the question. No, it it really does answer my question because one of the verses that stood out to me more recently it was in James, and like I've read the book, you know, several times where it says that the wrath of man does not bring about the justice of God. Right. And it kind of um, echoes what you were saying earlier about, you know, really speaking to like the heart of a child. And I know as a kid, sometimes you want to push the limits of authority and you're ready for whatever beating, you know, they will lay on you that at the end of the day, like you really can't control people. And like you were saying earlier, you know, if you let that affect you and then like take over your mind, that's just as toxic. No matter how like, you know, self-righteous, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm doing all these things. So that really did help clarify a lot. Thank you. I also wanted to ask you, and I feel that this is a very important question. At my last job that I was working, it got very demanding where they made it mandatory to either work 50 hours during the day or at nighttime. In the beginning, it was from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then we switched to 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. But I ended up doing that for two years. And I remember one night I snapped or one morning, sorry, because during the first four days of the week, like you literally only have three hours to yourself because by the time you wake up, say like it's what, two o'clock or one thirty, and then you have to be back at work for five. So you got to leave like Rome. So you're not really giving yourself, you know, too much time. Whereas then the weekend comes and it's like, oh, wow, I always have this long weekend. But what I found in that is that it's two extremes. There's, you know, this big crunch to be at work and stay there for this 12 hours. And then, you know, oh, I'm free for like these three days. But what I really found is that it was hard to maintain sanity and to really have like a life and any hobbies, you know, things to really just keep you human in those four days other than like, okay, I'm gonna watch a TV show or I'm gonna try and read or, you know, read 
a Bible verse real quick while I'm still saying. So I remember you were telling me that it's important to still like have your hobbies and have I guess the sense of yourself even when you're married and when you're married and have kids and i'm wondering if you could kind of speak on that when i first got married um like i, I mentioned before i was really into soccer i played on three different soccer teams i think i played some basketball as well leading up to my marriage and over the years reduced to nothing <laughs> I see myself putting on weight increasingly so there's, there's all these things that kind of come crashing in on your life, right? As you, you graduate from school and you're trying to start up your career and then you meet someone, you get married and then your wife needs your time and then you have kids and then your kids need your time. You're trying to now manage your work life, your, your time with your wife, your time with your kids and somewhere in there, you still have to keep healthy physically. Right. Um, and if you, if you have any hobbies, trying to maintain that and it is really hard to do that to maintain all of it one of the things i find like when you, you talk about work is work will take from you whatever it can in a lot of cases you know you go to work and, and it can be very demanding when you're single uh, and you're trying to build your career that may be okay right because you can you know you kind of have a goal a vision for your life uh, let me just pause there and say 